Attention all you sex fiends, sinners, degenerates, and deviants. If you're looking for a hot new sex toy, now is your chance. Sex toys don't care about what's in between your legs, and that's the sign of a true ally. Go to either B-Vibe or Lawand and use code SEXEDWITHTIM at checkout for 20% off your entire purchase. That's S-E-X-E-D-W-I-T-H-T-I-M for 20% off anything you buy from their websites. Check the show notes for more details. Once again, that's Sex Ed with Tim for 20% off both B-Vibe and Lawan products. Your next orgasm is on me. Mwah! The Sex Ed with Tim podcast is recorded on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people. We acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13, signed with the Mississaugas of the Credit, and the Williams Treaty, signed with multiple Mississaugas and Chippewa bands. You're listening to Sex Ed with Tim. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. I'm your host, Tim, certified sex educator. I identify as a chaotic homosexual. And are you my appendix? Because I have a funny feeling in my stomach that makes me feel like I should take you out. Mm. That was a listener submitted pickup line. How do you feel about that? Complicated. <laughs> The feelings are complex. I know. I have the worst audience ever. No, we we love the fans. No, I don't. We love the fans. You're too nice to my listeners. I, I well, I I have to be on my first on my introductory episode. Of All right. course. I'm introducing you to the world. So, hello everybody. Uh, I have the pleasure of having my best friend, my soulmate, my Wind beneath my wings, the only one who's allowed to be mean to me. <laughs> and I am. I'm very mean to You're you. You're so mean to me. <laughs> but I love it because I need to be kept in line. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Anna. Hi, Anna. Hi, Tim. <laughs> it's so wonderful to be here with you. <laughs> and the lovely listeners. Oh my god. <laughs> it honestly feels like you and I, we spend so much time together that it's like we're almost joined at the hip and I feel like we're more connected not because of how much we have in common but like how much of the things we hate yes oh for sure I mean I I think as we were kind of discussing before we started recording yeah our taste in men I think alone <laughs> shows that we have very little in common who were you just talking about before I hit record I already oh, forgot we were, his name we were talking about the scream mask looking guy from house of the dragon um <laughs> who has bewitched me body and soul that man has an insane profile what, what's his name Ewan Mitchell Ewan like... if you're listening Ewan Mitchell <laughs> <laughs> You can't. I'm very. I'm very. Hit me up. My DMs are open. (laughs) Oh no! I just googled his his face. I know, and that and that's what I'm saying. What is that face? 
I he has a Habsburg jaw. You know what I mean? Like what's a Habsburg jaw? Oh my god, you don't know about the Habsburgs? I, no. Okay, okay, let me tell you. Oh yeah, I'm very so ignorant. <laughs> they're a royal. That look up Habsburg jaw. So basically, they're a royal family. Okay. That. They were intermarrying, so there's like a lot of incest, and well, then they ended up having like this really fucked up jaw. Oh no! Yeah. Oh my god! I am not. I'm not okay. <laughs> oh my god! It's okay to be clear. That's a horse. The Habsburg jaw is like infinitely worse than what this like random Wait, guy from England is, is this, looking like. Is this jaw like real? Okay, I don't know if that looks photoshopped, but the the that is real. That's, That's a, a real, real portrait jaw. of a... Yeah. <gasps> anyway, guys, look up the Habsburg jaw. Um, oh, I don't like that. Oh, that's going to give me nightmares. That's like my sleep um, paralysis demon. Yeah, it's it's no. it's bad. It's bad. Um, okay, but like with you and Mitchell, it's not It's not so that bad. bad. He just has a very distinctive profile. He just doesn't have lips. Well, he is a white man, so... <laughs> All love, all love. I, this comes from a place of love. Listen, the thirst I, <laughs> no. I'm experiencing for this man right now, unreal. Unreal. Mm. Who does he play in um, House of the Dragon? Aemon Tar- Targaryen. Oh, Who, like, I'll, Okay, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. That fucking wig and that eye patch, the scar, it's all coming together in a perfect story. It does And something. he's a, a psychopathic mommy's boy. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I think that distills how, my type into a very neat little package. How like common is it that you and I have like felt something for a psychopathic mommy's boy? Like, I remember this one time you sent me on TikTok that sent me on a downward spiral of JD from the Heather's musical. Oh yes, going like Veronica, open the open the door. Yeah, please. that was, was like yeah. Mm. Like I said, psychopath, mm. mommy's boy. That's uh, all I look for in a man. I think. You and I have boiled it down to a type where it's like, uh, we want them to be broken so that we can fix them. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to fix them. Oh, you don't want to fix them. No, I don't want to fix them. I want to make them worse. (laughs) You want to make them? I want to make them worse. I I actually think they could be worse and I want them to be worse. (laughs) You want them to be, uh, in an asylum. Uh, no. No. No, because then how can they recap? That's true. They yeah. can't wreak havoc. Mm. So on a scale of like one to absolutely in a straight jacket, what are we looking at for a man? I mean, the energy needs to match, right? And you know that I'm, I'm crazy. Mm. Yeah. I mean. Certifiable. I have. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're... This episode is brought to you by Seroquel. Yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah. The and... antipsychotics are not working. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and this episode is also brought to you by Wellbutrin. Um. <laughs> yes. We've covered the whole spectrum Trump. of mental illness between the two of us. <laughs> like, I was diagnosed, what, in November of 2021 with, like, uh, generalized anxiety disorder and, like, major depressive disorder. Uh, and it's been quite a fun ride. Even more fun than Disneyland, I'd say. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, I've been on that ride for... Many, many years. (laughs) 
many, many years. Disneyland was great, though. Disneyland was so fun. Do you know that I have dreams about Disneyland? I do, too. Like, and do you know what keeps coming up on my TikTok, FYP? People who are live streaming their trips to Disneyland. How? And I'm like, take me back. Take me back. I want to get on that elevator. The Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy Power. Oh, so fun. So fun. Oh, my God. I still keep having dreams of... My gay sexual awakening guest on, um, surprising no one, and you're like rolling your eyes off. <laughs> like the listeners I, aren't gonna see this, but like you know. I'm, I'm, I, <laughs> the the restraint that I just exhibited in not rolling my eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, let's take a moment. Yeah, I know. You a were, little, you were little golf clap for a little for, golf clap for yeah. for Anne. <laughs> like just like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, it's a. Uh, Listen, I can't fight my feelings. That's um, true. I will say, okay. You just admit it's like a, a feeling for you. I listen. Show. This is this is on brand for me. Can you can you blame me? I think no. I think the funniest thing is me sending you that TikTok and being like, I don't get it. This is so weird. I don't get it. And then what? Like not even a week later, my entire. If you go through my likes on TikTok. It's just fan cams of him. <laughs> I I see oh, a, I see a, a TikTok of Eamon Targaryen oh. set to a Lana Del Rey song, and I hit sm- that like button. I hit I smash that Wait, like button. Who's Eamon Targaryen? Is that the guy? The guy that it's the character okay, that he. So plays. I can imagine him like just staring out into the distance, and then like blue jeans, white shirt. Yeah, and I think it's funny because. Um, I think that, like, people see... Okay, now I'm getting into, like, you know, my analysis of his character. Do it. I think people see him as, like... Or people are interpreting him as, like, a badass. He's actually, like, a pathetic loser mommy's boy. He's a wimp. <laughs> like, I, I know that he, like, you know, he has a slutty little waist in his villain walk. I get it. I, like, I'm there with you all. I'm there with you all. <laughs> but the the attraction is that he's a loser. You know? He's a loser. <sighs> Um, I love losers. Though. And I won't, I, this is coming out many, many months after the, um, after House of the Dragon has come out. So mm-hmm. I feel comfortable in spoiling it. But mm-hmm. um, if you do not want to, if you haven't watched it by now, um, Sucks. like, are you too poor to have an HBO <laughs> subscription? Like what's going on here? And then wasn't it just like yesterday or a couple days ago where you told me that House of the Dragon is basically the same as Succession. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, okay, there's marginally more incest in House of the Dragon. Oh my god. Which, like, okay, I'm sorry, but, like, there's incest on the incest show. Like, we need to get over it. I can't, I don't, you know, like, I'm 29 years old. I can watch a show and not, like, go out and, like, do, I'm not gonna fuck fuck my brother. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna watch a show and then be like me at my big old age. Be like I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I'm gonna fuck my brother because oh, I watched House of the Dragon. God, I um, cannot take any more incest. I mean, ever since you have been like force feeding me succession content on TikTok and in real life, the restraint I've shown. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair. But honestly, it's because of that that I kind of was like Kendall Roy. Hello, Jeremy Strong. I will say, um, hmm. yeah, I'm a Kendall girly. Okay, he's done nothing wrong ever in his life, <laughs> and if you've watched the show, you'll agree with me that he's done 
nothing wrong ever in his life. He's so sad and angry and he's I, he's he's miserable. <clears throat> he's a pathetic loser. And I love that. It's so I love hot. that. And he has daddy issues, he has mommy issues. Hello. Sign it's me up. So sexy. Again, like I said, I don't want to fix him. I want to make him worse. <laughs> We're only here to make men's lives more horrible than they already are. I li- yeah. I mean, why not? Uh, honestly, yeah. I mean, men have had it way too easy for the past couple millennia. So that's true. Uh, it's time. I'm we- here. I'm here to even out the playing field. Yeah. I'm here to come into your life. And make you wish you were dead, you know. <laughs> and I think, and I think that's praxis. I think that's pra- okay, what that's that, feminist praxis. What does that word mean? Because I've heard it been used so many. It means times. like that you're putting theory into practice. So why not just say that? <laughs> yeah, but that's like the academic term. For oh it. my god! Well, I'm not academic. You know that. Yeah. Praxis? I only ever use it to make jokes, though. I don't think I've That's ever true. used it, like, in a paper or anything you, like that. Whenever you make jokes, you use, like, the biggest words, and I kind of just smile and laugh along, and I'm like, sure. Because <laughs> you're, you're always saying, like, I look like I'm always dying of consumption, and I'm like... Yeah, but that's so much funnier than saying I'm dying of tuberculosis or I'm dying of TB. <laughs> like, I'm a Victorian child. Like, in my little, my face is covered with ash because I'm working, I'm a chimney sweep. And like, you know, I'm like in a Dickinson novel mm. with my little, with my little paper boy hat. Yeah, you could be, uh, and I'm like, uh, you could uh, be <laughs> coughing up blood dramatically. You know what I mean? That is hot. I think so. Yeah, you could be like dying you know. slowly of a communicable disease. Very yeah, sexy, if that's... you ask me. <laughs> Very sexy. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you ever feel like dating someone who's chronically ill and is very much into uh, TV always, all the time, yeah. Hit Anna up. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I. Yeah. It's probably like. A complex at this point how much I'm into television but and if they didn't make good TV that then I wouldn't care right you know I think TV brought us up you know yeah TV raised us yeah we're almost very Bojack Horseman of this you know yeah. TV brought us up and like you learn everything about relationships yeah um, again like we're failing the Bechtel test at this point with this episode I know god <laughs> To be clear, I want to be clear. I am not a straight woman. No. I know I've I've been. That's giving, why I said, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I yeah. I feel like I should clarify. My sexual awakening was Lucy Liu in um, Charlie's Angels, the Barracuda the, scene, scene where she's in that like dominatrix outfit. Yeah. Yeah. It's where like she someone was, from HR or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Oh Just to be clear, that's the, when I realized that I was a sexual being. Really? Can you think even further or earlier? That you thought I was like, were... that was when I would, that movie came out in 2000. So I was like seven. Okay. And that's where you Keep were Keep in like... mind that I was in like Catholic school at the time. So this was like very traumatizing for me. <laughs> to see a uh, leather bound Lucy Liu. Oh, the fact that I was like experiencing like, you know what I mean? Mm. Ladies, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that like feeling where you're like, am I, why am I? Why do I like this? Yeah. Why are, why do I? Am I gonna pee? Like, what's going on there? <laughs> what about like uh, an anime crush that you had? I was never into anime. 
No, not animated, but like, like cartoon a- character. Oh, animated? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like I should get into anime because all the hot, like, gay bitches love anime. They're very, so. yeah. Um, no, but like a, an animated character that you... Oh, okay. That... Aladdin, for sure. <sighs> Aladdin and Kovu from The Lion King 2. Who was in charge of that? I need to speak to whoever was in charge of that. Why did they make Kovu so sexy? For a lion, I was like... Yeah. Who was who his voice actor? Um... Um, not who, okay, Jason Marsden is the actor, right? I no, or James so. Marsden is the actor. Because uh, they, it's, they, they have the same name and their name. No, it is Jason Marsden who voiced okay, Kovu. Okay, Jason Marsden, yeah. Yeah, yeah, wow. Who, um, I'm sorry, Kovu had like no business being that hot. Yeah, he, that wispy kind of like side yeah, hair or I, whatever. Yeah, I truly, who's responsible for that? Yeah. We need I, to find out who's responsible for that. And that person should be paying for my therapy, yeah. I think. And also like just the way that scar on his left eye. Just I'm like, telling you, the eye scar the mm. eye scar, there's something about an eye scar. Mm. Like I said, can I just, sorry, really quick detour back to Aemon Targaryen. Because <laughs> this, no! no, really quick, it has to do with his eye scar. I'm sorry, his eye, okay, so he loses his eye when he's a kid. It gets cut out, whatever. Okay. So they sew it shut, right? He is such a camp bitch that he rips open the scar in order to <gasps> open up his eye socket. <gasps> To put a sapphire in it. Ooh. I'm sorry, that's camp. Okay, me. you know what? The that's sapphire. Camp. To open up a healed scar just so you could stick a gemstone in your eye socket, which he then covers with an eye patch because he doesn't want to scare the ladies. I mean, what's the point in putting a precious is... stone in your eye if you can't show it off? Well, he doesn't want to scare the ladies. But that's so hot. He's a thoughtful psychopath. Okay, I guess that's fine. I'm sorry, George R.R. R. Martin, like, why did you do that? You need to explain. You need to explain. I guess it's fine, but you know, I, if I like I, were... I said, he's bewitched me, body and soul. I think about him twenty four seven. Okay, that's fair. But I I'm mean, telling you, there's something about an eye scar. That's true. I, I and mean, Kovu was rocking the same vibe. I'm still thinking about the Aladdin actor we met at Disneyland. Oh yeah, was... where I, <laughs> I was like, I just want a photo. I really don't. Need and then to he walk decided to like to like lock arms. Yeah, and with I was like, walk... I, I was like, I really, this is not the experience that okay, I want. But like, if you remember what he looked like, he was such a twink, and he had like the cutest smile. My only complaint is that where where's where's the shirtless? Oh yeah, there? yeah, he had a shirt on. Guys, I hate to disappoint you. If you go to Disneyland or Disney World. Aladdin will not be shirtless. I He's know. rocking the live action look, unfortunately. <sighs> I wonder, before the live action, was he shirtless? Let's do a little research. I mean, no, let's, let's research, Mama. No hate to Mina Masood, who played uh, Aladdin in the live action, but like, I need more abage, you know? Mm, Some that's more fair. ab action. I just wanted to see. I'm surprised. Didn't Guy Ritchie direct Aladdin, which is oh, wow. so fucking yeah. weird but, to me? Uh, do, if you remember what he looked like, he was like giving hot twink energy. It was serving fruity. I'm, it was you, serving... I literally blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> when he was like, walk with me, I like blacked out. <laughs> I'm like, what? What's I, going on? <laughs> I, I, li- that's, I don't, I did. I don't like. Yeah. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I, and I was like, I can't. I like, I. <laughs> it was horrifying to me. Mm. I feel bad because I wish he had asked you instead because I think you would have enjoyed it more. But like for me, I just want a photo and like, you know, I, there's. 
you know, I think and asking... And then you have to, like, carry on a conversation with them. And I'm like, I'm I'm so good. I really would have enjoyed it more. But I think asking Disney to, like, make their actors, you know, homo, it's, maybe it's asking them too much, you know? Like... What? In what? That he... That it was an act of homophobia that yeah. he asked me to <laughs> Calling out anything remotely homophobic. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, that's so. <laughs> the Aladdin at Disneyland executed for the crimes of homophobia. Okay, that's but, so funny. Holy. Listen, oh my god, that's so funny. Do, but don't you remember how long we were trying to look for Gaston? Yeah, I, no, I, I think that is definitely homophobia. Please tell the listeners the story of how. We were waiting for Gaston at the parade. Oh, yes. The- okay. So during Halloween, because we, we were in um, we were in Disneyland uh, like the first week of October. Mm-hmm. And in uh, Disneyland, they have like the trick-or-treat parade where a bunch of um, characters kind of like walk down the main uh, like... The main street. The of- main street of Disneyland. Yeah. And so this happens multiple times a day. We'd been there. I think we spent three days at uh, Disneyland. So we had seen this parade many times. And Tim was dying to meet Gaston. um, (sighs) And he was impossible to find in the park. So we saw him a couple times during the parade. Sorry, and then we always saw him uh, yeah. in one specific yes. position. So he was always on on the left side of the parade. So we were like, okay. Let's, you know, engineer this, Mama. Like, let's do this. Because we know, we have insider information from that one um, cast member, Airly. Yeah, shout out to Airly. If if you ever happen to be listening to this, you're the best. You deserve a raise. Yeah. Um, She gave us insider information as to when the parade was going to happen again. Yeah, so see, it was, you experience an act of homophobia and then you experience an act of gay rights. So thank you, Airly. You're the best. Balance it out. Uh, We think about you all the time. Um, so we see that they're starting to clear the main street for the parade. So we're like, okay, let's go and stand on the left side. Where we normally see Gaston. Where we normally, yeah, where we normally see Gaston and let's wait for him to cross by. And we had interacted with some of the characters like Peter Pan and Mm -hmm. Captain Hook. Captain Hook, yeah. So we had seen that they do like interact with people during the parade. So the parade starts. We're kind of standing um, right, at, like, at a at a corner. Yeah. So they're turning we were around at a, this corner. It's a small world. Yeah, right? at, it's a small world. So we see them and they're turning a corner. And the the first one is a car with Pluto in it. And then there's like a, tr- like a trolley that had multiple levels that had different characters on it, whatever. And Gaston is bringing up the rear with a bunch of other villains. They're turning the corner and we see Gaston and he's on the opposite, opposite side. side! For the first time we had been, we had seen this parade like three or four times at this point. He had always been on the left side. And as they're turning, we see it. And what I thought I saw Tim's soul leave his body. (laughs) I thought he was going to pass out from like the sheer rage he was experiencing. So I'm like, okay, let's like, I'm going to make this happen for him. We're going to do it. So we're like, okay, the, the villains are bringing up the rear. So we're kind of following behind the parade. And he's, you know, a little bit of ha- ahead of us. Cause I think the last, 
group was like a car that had Cruella and the evil queen yeah. from Snow White. Yeah. So we're following them and we're trying to somehow like navigate and get our way up to Gaston who's ahead of us. So Tim, we reach a point where I think he's close enough that we, if we book it, if we sprint, we could get to him. Tim takes off. He's running. There's like crowds of people because everyone's gathered to see the parade. He is running, 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 running. He gets up to Gaston. Gaston is like, you know, preening for the people as he does. And then Tim is like right there. And Gaston turns to him. And then he goes, there you go. And that was, and that was a moment. And then we also like engineered another moment for Tim. But yeah, to make it look very genuine. um, Where we, we like... There was a dance party, so we went to the dance party. And we knew Gaston and was then, gonna be dancing and then there. We waited at the side of the stage, so Tim, as Gaston was coming off of the stage, Tim could like a fucking TMZ paparazzi <laughs> follow him with his phone, like, like. <laughs> it was very TMZ. I looked at the video back. And I was like, "Why do I sound like?" I was, and I was like running. I was like right behind you, so I I just saw you. And Ga- this Gaston is like very tall. He's like six over foot, six foot yeah, yeah. something. So you just see Tim, like little Tim, like with his phone out. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> a drag but, but I was a. I'm glad that you got to meet Gaston. Uh, like it was so difficult. Why? Like. I would have thought that a character who loves attention would be out and about way more often. I think you have to remember that, like, most kids who are... Because Disneyland is for kids. Like, let's be real. I would say California Adventure is probably for, like, aimed for older people. But Disneyland is, like, clearly for children. Mm -hmm. Um, They want to see the princesses. They want to see the, like... Uh, they're not like here for the villains. Well, that's why we waited in the princess line, right? Yeah, which yeah, by okay, so which was another beautiful moment for yes, both of us. Yes, it was. So the when we were in Disneyland, we um my like my kind of goal was to meet Jasmine because I love because that's Jasmine. your day awakening for Disney, yeah, yeah yeah that's true. I also yeah I I leaned very heavily on the men for this episode but to be clear <laughs> well, i no, do this love whole episode, women this whole episode is about us hating men but we're just That's like true. having a little kiki but thing. jasmine during literally... men's health month by the way so we're yeah. gonna be totally unhelpful for the men that have written into the show yeah we'll see um so i really wanted to meet jasmine we met jasmine when she was out and about which was incredible and then we went to stand in the princess line at disneyland and the princess line and disneyland is there's two princesses that are in this royal hall. You never know who it's going to be because yeah. it changes throughout the day. It's like a roulette. So I was like, okay, fine. Like, we'll get whoever we get. Yeah. Um, like, we're and, okay that we saw Jasmine out in the Yeah, so it's not like I didn't see her at all and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we go in and there's Snow White. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, Snow White. She had, like, the Snow White voice. Yeah, very high pitched. And- yeah. <gasps> Yeah, I was like, wow, they're really making you, like, go full in character. Yeah. Um, and I shouldn't be talking shit because I have a naturally high-pitched voice. So. <laughs> um, like, she was very much in character is what I'm trying to say. So I was like, okay, so what? And, and then I'm like, maybe we'll get, like, Cinderella or something like that. We walk in. Tim walks in ahead of me. And Tim mm. is like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I had the biggest, like, reaction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because uh, as the guide was, uh, like, you know, uh, guiding us through the hall, it's like, all right, move on, move on. And then I see, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I hear Tim go, oh, my God. And I'm like, like what? what? 
And so I walk in, and it's Jasmine. And I was like, oh, my God. And she remembered <laughs> us. us. Yeah, she remembered she us. She remembered us. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. And it was it was fun. She was great. I Like I said before, I'm not like a... I'm very uncomfortable interacting with people who are in character. Yeah. But it was, it was, it wasn't that bad with her. Um, and she was really and lovely. also like, I love her okay. character study because when we asked her questions. Yeah, we did ask her questions. Because like before you and I went up to her. Yeah, we were, we were thinking, like, what are we going to we'll ask? ask her, like, what are we going to talk know? about? Yeah. And then we came up with the question, if you had the lamp before Aladdin, Aladdin yeah. what would your three wishes be? And we were like, oh, she would probably want to like. And world hunger, <laughs> yeah, have world peace, yeah. and uh, probably like, like free destroy the, free the genie, free, free the, the genie, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, or yeah. like bring down the patriarchy, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we asked her that, she was like, "Oh, uh, what, I would, what I would give it to someone else because I already have everything that I want." And I was like, "Yes, Fucking okay." Queen. Jasmine is selfless. Yeah, That's selfless, true. and like she knew her character yeah. in and out so well. I love that. For yeah. Her. And so good. Yeah, it was it was good. Um, we yeah, it was fun. I yeah. I think Disneyland was a great trip. Um, yeah, I love it. Um, I don't I don't know if I told you this, but like throughout Disneyland, my grinder kept ringing. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Uh, you think you're the only gay who loves Disney? I wanted to be. <laughs> you're not special, Tim. <sighs> this is my problem. You know, I love being like unique yeah but like as tiktok has constantly showed me that neither no experience is universal sorry we don't have any original experience we are we are just like yeah copy paste you know the universe said copy paste uh, onto all these people and then whatever yeah hmm. i wanted to be the uh, i wanted to be special yeah it's okay it's fine i know but uh, what what am i gonna do I like when the attention's on me, but, like, I don't like it when people are touching me. Like, you know, cuddle me, but with your eyes. I'm like a cat. Yeah, that's true. I was going to say, that's very cat of you. (laughs) Even though I'm very much a dog person. (laughs) Well, you can't be perfect, so. But I am perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Mommy told me I'm perfect. Speaking of imperfections. Yes. uh, We got people who wrote into the show. And... You're like gleaming cheek to cheek, ear to ear right now because you want to get in on these men. I love telling people what to do. Yeah, and being extremely unhelpful. Yeah, listen. I mean, you can be helpful if you want. I, you know what? I think um, I'm like, I'm a cancer. So I'm like the mom friend. <laughs> Sorry, I just remember. I know what... you. Okay, let's talk about this. Let's let the people know. <laughs> We have known each other for like since we were fourteen. Yeah, we've been friends for many, many, many years. Many years. Mm. We're talking to, we're meeting people for the new first time, and the topic of, of uh, astrological signs comes Come up. That, yeah. And so, like everyone says, what their astrological sign is, and then it's my turn, and I say I'm a Cancer, and Tim jumps in and says to society. <laughs> That sound that you hear is Tim laughing. I am not. I'm not laughing. Uh, okay. And he has the audacity to say I'm mean to him. 
I'm going to be paying that with blood for the rest of my life. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. And then, what was it? Like, just before we were, we were bringing up astrological signs, we were trying to figure out um, if I was using the word witty yes, correctly. Yes, yes. So, me yes. saying to society, that was witty. Yes, I w- I'll okay. give you that. <laughs> it like, was mean, it was but mean. it was witty. Because, like, I didn't know what witty meant. I can't... Can, hold on. I'm sorry. Do you know what I just remembered? Mm. Do you remember when we were standing in line? This happened when when we went to Fan Expo, which is why I'm making this connection, this conversation about mm. me being a cancer to society. <laughs> Do you remember when we were standing in line to Fan Expo and we um, were talking and we were talking with, um, I don't know if they were a couple, but they were two people and like we were kikiing like the the energy, the chemistry between these two people that we had just met. I think it was pretty good. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we were we were vibing. Mm. I say something and a man who is like a couple or a few people behind us in line walks up to us. And we don't know him. Inserts himself we in don't, a conversation. Yeah, we don't know him. And he is like full on grilling me i'm like i'm sorry is this a cross-examination what is going on right now and he just kept going i think it was like something about like beaver pelts or something like that or, yeah we were talking and he was like he's like do you think it's ethical to do this i'm like dude i don't care we don't care at all Why we're literally we... standing in line to fan fucking expo i don't want this is like the spanish inquisition <laughs> i don't care i'm here to ha- like i'm here to have a good time and you're like grilling me about this yeah why i'm did... like i don't know you why did he all. think it was so appropriate to just insert himself in conversation and like he that? and i kept trying like end the conversation being like whatever like, yeah i don't know and he just kept going and i was like sir can you read the room Call yeah me, sir you know a lot of men have the audacity you yeah. know remember our ride back to the airport where <laughs> yes oh my god what? the most uncomfortable hour of my life <laughs> we, okay so like i remember um he, oh my god he started off as like such a gentleman like okay you're just a natural conversationalist great and then you started he started talking about like I, his, his musical that he wrote yes. that was based on the bible yeah i will say i think <laughs> I think that was probably the most LA thing we experienced. That's true. In our time in California. That's true. And he was like, he was talking about how like, oh, this has like never been done before. This musical is like brown groundbreaking and whatever. And then he Have played. You never heard of Jesus Christ Superstar. And he played, like, and he's like, Godspell? oh, it's like a three sixty experience or whatever. And I'm like, okay, sure. And then he starts playing songs from his musical on full blast. And it was, I wanted to jump out of the car. Yeah. It was so uncomfortable. And first of all, it was bad. It was so bad. It was really bad. Oh my god! And also, could you see like the the video? Yeah. Of like the the, the guy quality. in like a party city like curly wig. Yeah. And I was it like, was like green screen and like you can see like body parts fading in and out because the green screen didn't catch up. It yeah. Was, mm. I was like, who did your wig department? The same people who did uh, Lord of the Ring Rings of yeah. Power oh. for Amazon. <sighs> Is that? Sorry, I have a lot of problems with. Yeah. The, yeah First of all, know. fuck Jeff Bezos, like for mm. real. One of the most demonic people, him and Elon mm. Musk. Yeah, fuck you. Get Musk. them on a on a shuttle and blow it up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, okay. Teleport you so, to Mars. Whatever CIA agent, FBI agent is listening to this podcast, I did not mean that literally. <laughs> oh, I did. Um, I'll take the blame. I'll take the heat. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah. 
Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. I'm sorry. I haven't watched it out of principle. I don't support Amazon. But what is going on? I'm sorry. If you are in a fantasy show, you should not be rocking a Gen Z, like, haircut, you know, where they have the no. permed top. and No. All men should look slutty with long wigs in a fantasy show. Like um, Legolas? Yes, absolutely. Like Peter Jackson understood what the girlies needed from Lord of the Rings. Mm. And that was hot, slutty looking men in wigs. Mm. In long wigs. Yeah. I I, mean... Viggo Mortensen as Aragorn changed my life. Okay, I I do want to submit this to the long wig slutty men deck. Absolutely. But I know how much you, you actually find him disgusting. I do want to submit... Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill as Gerald. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I'm sorry. He is... Listen. Okay. I'm going to... He is ugly to me. I understand this man is very conventionally attractive. I get it. And I get why the gays love him. Yeah, I, I support you 100%. I have reached a new low for myself. Yeah, where I realize... And... I know. I, so like, like I said, you you talk, and, right? if you're listening to this, I love you. Hit me up. Him and Joseph Quinn. I will, I will, yeah. I will, you know what? There's something about an English man who looks like he could play a Nazi in a World War II movie that I probably mm. should, I should dig into that. I think that's a, yeah. there's some intergenerational trauma. Very um, much Eastern the, European and intergenerational trauma. Very much uh, fetishizing the Aryan nation right now. Huh? Um, yeah, but mm. you know what? I like, um it's listen it's complicated it's complicated but i will say that i but i will say it's some there are some men that i i actors in this world where i just look i only have to see them once and i'm like i know he played a soldier in a world war ii movie that aired on bbc in like 2006 i know that i know i can feel it in my soul and i'm right 100 percent of the time they all just have that look okay they They all have that look Mm -hmm. anyway whatever it doesn't matter i need to stop talking about this um henry cavill did you hear that he's not gonna be the witcher he's not gonna be the witcher anymore he's gonna be or replaced by liam uh hemsworth which is it's a lateral move in my opinion yeah i know Mm. They, I, I will say, Henry Cavill, guys, I get it. I get that he's beautiful Listen, in, for you. The he's ugly for me, yeah. okay? There's some, I need, I need, for me, what's beautiful is a man that looks ugly. That's Objectively true. ugly. You know what I mean? Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. And, you know, <laughs> with the gays beholding Henry Cavill, I think it's just really a projection of our daddy issues and our body image issues. Which is why we're so attracted to him. But, you know, that that might be... Okay, uh, you know what? I'll, I'll give that to you. Because I think what I discovered is that I want to be a mommy to men with mommy issues. <laughs> I think that's what I've discovered about myself. I think that's what I've discovered about myself. Oh, I just choked on my pumpkin cream. Oh, You know what God. I mean? Like, I oh. think that's what I've discovered about myself. Is that I, yeah... So yeah. I can't, I can't, I cannot criticize you at all. Mm. And you know what that's called? Growth. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Yes. What's up, all you sick fucking perverts? Don't you just love love? The Love Shop has everything you need to feel the love in the air or in between your legs, wherever you want, really. They've got everything from vibrators, lubes, lingerie, and even 
full-sized sex dolls? <laughs> well, I guess love really does come in all shapes and sizes. Visit loveshop.ca slash sexedwithtim and use code sexedwithtim at checkout for 15% off the whole store. And the best part is that they ship all over Canada, US, and what? Ireland? To all my whores in Dublin, top of the morning to ya. <laughs> That's loveshop.ca slash sexedwithtim and check out code sexedwithtim for 15% off the entire store. Now get to fucking. Do you like feeling sexy and looking sexy? Of course you do. Only my listeners are sexy as fuck. I have partnered with fetishwear designer Dale Kuda to bring you the hottest deals on custom jock straps, harnesses, hats, and more. Head over to dalekuda.com, that's D-A-L-E-K-U-D-A dot com, and use code SEXEDWITHTIM at checkout for 25% off the entire store. Yeah, you heard me, 25% off. And, cherry on top, free shipping, oh my god. (laughs) I have a few of the stuff that he has made for me, and... Girl, I'm wearing it right now. I'm wearing like a little jock strap so that I could easily just like slip a little butt plug or dildo every now and then here and there. And I'm on the train. I'm just like, uh, 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 thank you, Dale. <laughs> That's dalecuda.com with the code SEXEDWITHTIM for 25% off your entire purchase with free shipping. With a deal like that, I swear I could come buckets, honey. <laughs> The show is about to begin. Yes. Speaking of being unhelpful and cancers to society and men having the audacity, uh, are you ready to get into some listener questions? Yes! <laughs> and be absolutely unhelpful. No. Uh, so all of these questions have uh, remained anonymous because they've chosen to, unless they've decided to disclose their identity, which good for you. Uh, get ready to be dragged. Do I get um, to pick their names? Are we giving them names? Let's give them names, you know. Uh, let's call this first one... What's a really uh, stupid name for a kink shamer? Um, let's give him Steve. Oh, I was thinking like Piss Baby. Piss Baby. <laughs> I think we're coming from two very two. different... <laughs> the duality of man right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, You're like, yeah, let's like give him like a normal name. And I'm like, Piss Baby. Piss Baby. Okay, so let's... Let's answer Piss Baby's question. Okay, I'm. Thank you for submitting your question. Thanks, Piss Baby. Um, l- <laughs> lots of love and light to Piss Baby. <laughs> I'm not gonna have a show after this. <laughs> I I have a feeling that we're you're gonna get a lot of angry tweets. Oh great! Uh, I have a lot of time. Have how many times have you been canceled? More than I have drawn breaths. My I think my favorite was um, when someone said something like really homophobic. And you were like, you're fatherless. Your mom doesn't love you. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> your dick is small. And someone was like, Tim, that's so out of line. <laughs> I think that was my favorite. Uh, Where you were like, you're broke. I see. <laughs> you're uh, depressed. You should kill yourself. For context, that was when OnlyFans decided to cancel all creator accounts that had porn on it. And then I was like, I made a post that was like, oh, alternatives to OnlyFans. If you still want to continue content creation. And someone was like, get a real job or something. And then that's where I became like. Yeah. And then you like, yeah. 
Guess, and I think, yeah. and I think that was so funny. When, <laughs> where you were like, whatever, cancel me. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, uh, this question comes from Piss Baby, uh, aka Steve. Steve, I guess. Uh, and this is a question. Uh, let me preface this by saying I respect all kinks, even if they're not for me. I have no intention of kink shaming anyone, though I understand this may come off that way. I apologize in advance. Hold on, can I just say kink shaming is my kink? So, <laughs> sorry, that's fair. such a fucking old that's joke. Fair. But that's fair. That's fair. I yeah, I'm uh, a judgmental bitch, and you that, are. and it really turns your me drag on. name is heinous bitch. Right? That's true. Yes, that's true. that is my <laughs> your drag, uh, my sag name. <laughs> sag. Uh, he says, my partner of five years recently told me he wants to start wearing a pup hood in a non-sexual way, as in to wear it around the house. My best friend is very into pup play, so I assumed I would be okay with it. Sexually, it's just not a turn on for me. I wanted to be supportive of him since he says it's for his quote unquote headspace. He he put that in quotes. Uh, well, after seeing him wear it, I'm not as okay as I thought I would be. Even just the thought of him wearing it makes my chest hurt. He doesn't wear it around me, but I've seen him wearing it on our home's security camera. Also, even seeing it in the guest room where he keeps it makes me very uncomfortable. I can see them on other people and be fine with it, like my best friend on TikTok, but seeing him in it just makes me want to fall apart. I want to be supportive, but this is too much for me. Should I say something or just let it ride and hope it's a phase? Okay, sorry. So, so he's wearing this pup hood yeah um for his mental health okay like it is it's apparently it's good for his headspace in quotes so um okay i'm like show me what this pup hood looks like i want to i want to be able to visualize so it a pup is it hood? like a is it like a like a little leather like No, it's a full on like mask. Is it hyper realistic? Are we talking about a furry no, here? No, like no. what's it, going it on? It looks just like a leather mask. Oh, okay, that's what I thought it was. Okay. Yeah. Like it's got ears, it's got like a muzzle on it. it you know what it's serving? Um what's the the main one, the cop from um uh, Pup Patrol? <laughs> <laughs> I hope you know what? <laughs> baby aka steve this is my advice to you just mm. just think of it as what's it what's the, the chase i think chase from pup patrol and it's like cute it's That's not creepy so it's cute. so what does it not am i am i crazy okay I'm it's gonna, giving paw patrol i'm gonna which is copaganda by the way fuck paw That's patrol, true. Paw but patrol like, is copaganda That's but weird. um is it not giving the the Pig okay, from yeah, it's Paw giving Patrol. that. It's giving that. Is it not? Yeah, that's him. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Viewers, let yeah. view, listeners, listeners, audience, whatever. yeah, audience, um, sound off in the comments, comments or yeah. I don't know, reply to Tim. Yeah. Does a pup mask not? It's not. Does it's it? Giving Paw it's Patrol. serving. It's serving Paw Patrol. It's giving Paw Patrol. Um, so this is my advice to you, as as the um, resident heinous bitch. Yeah. Um. What what exactly about it is making you uncomfortable? Like yeah. what why what what about it? Is it that you Speaking feel of pups, like I don't know if the listeners can hear my dog Rosie. Yeah, barking. Rosie Rosie felt like she needed to sound to chime off. In. Yeah, she yeah, needs to chime She in. needs to defend her people. <laughs> what like what exactly about it is making you uncomfortable? Cuz I think at that point then you can kind of start to 
unpack why yeah, it's you making can you uncomfortable. Interrogate those those emotions. Yeah, right? like is it? Do you feel that? I mean, has it been involved in like sexual experiences that you've had with your partner? Like, mm-hmm. has it been a part of that? And you feel that it's like going outside of this like moments of intimacy into your regular life mm-hmm. and it makes you feel uncomfortable because of that like why why exactly are you so and i listen as someone who is a hater a certified hater yeah you got I, the plaque and the trophy and everything yeah i listen i got a phd in being a hater yeah um like you can there's stuff that people do that i'm just like you're a fucking weirdo man yeah. Sometimes your partners do weird shit and you're like, what's going on there? Um, But I think like first you need to understand why it makes you so uncomfortable. And then you can have a conversation with your partner about Mm -hmm. it because like it's bothering you for a reason. It, the the mask itself, it's not like you're scared of the mask. The mask is creepy. It's not like it's a fucking... It's the practice of putting on the hood. It's and... Yeah. And, and you know that you're comfortable with it mm-hmm. when it's other people. So why, what's the reason for why you feel uncomfortable yeah. now? Like, why is it only for your partner? In this specific, yeah. yeah, in this like scenario where they're not, it's not a sexual scenario, but they're wearing it regardless. Mm-hmm. Like I can, I can understand, like, again, as a hater, I'm not saying that. Like, <laughs> and I, and it's not kink shaming. I think like, especially if you're in a relationship with someone, mm-hmm. And they have they have a kink that you're not into or whatever. I don't think it's kink shaming for you to have that conversation with your partner, right? It's getting curious. Everyone has different boundaries, right? Or everyone has different limits for stuff. And it's totally fair for you to be like, this doesn't work for me. Because ultimately, I think like sex and intimacy has to be comfortable for both people, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So... I think if you're like not coming, you know, that I, I think there's not enough information for me to be like, well, you're, yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> we're kind of like just going by what they've written. Yeah. In, so anyway, figure, figure out the root of the, yeah. of where your feelings are coming from. Yeah. I think it's important that people who have this discomfort, they pause. And, yeah. They and interrogate it. it. Exactly. They interrogate it and be like, why does this make me uncomfortable? And how do I like, process this and not put it out on my partner because this is a me issue yeah but i also think like it's completely fair for you to also be like i this is why it makes me uncomfortable and accept that that's going to make you uncomfortable i don't think you have to change or you have to force yourself Mm -hmm. to like be like quote-unquote comfortable with it if that's just never going to happen for you yeah like if a specific kink is not for you then fine but like you know don't take it out on your partner because yeah i think also like you're there's maybe some feelings of resentment there that like they're making you uncomfortable Mm. but it's like they don't from the information you've given us piss baby (laughs) it it is not it is not clear that you have uh like expressed to your to your partner mm-hmm. that it makes you uncomfortable or yeah. that you've had a conversation right. oh yeah figure it out dude like interrogate that maybe you're in therapy mm-hmm. talk about it with your therapist if that's something you feel comfortable mm-hmm. doing yeah we were gonna be unhelpful but we totally just gave practice sorry advice. like i said i'm a cancer i'm a mom friend like i'm always gonna be like <laughs> honey do you need anything <laughs> 
you know, I'm not like those other moms. I'm a cool, a cool mom. mom. You're not a regular mom. You're a cool mom. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's that's great. So on the topic of kink shaming, just interrogate your feelings first before you uh, bring it up with your partner. Yeah, and I don't think it's kink shaming for you to, after you've kind of figured out why it makes you uncomfortable to have that conversation with your partner mm, very nice thanks piss baby yeah uh, i hope i redeemed myself after naming you piss baby <laughs> and we're gonna continue to be so much worse with the following uh questions uh so, can we get worse with from piss baby i, don't I think know. we we'll can yeah uh let's see this one is about uh body image okay so uh what should we name him oh okay Body image. So, like, uh, he's kind of, like, skinny, but, like, you know, he sees himself as, like, too big in the mirror sometimes. Let's call him... I, you know what? I have the reverse of that. Yeah? I have the reverse of that. I, like, I think I... I was at a... Um, it was my mother's birthday yesterday, so we went out yeah. to dinner. And in the restaurant, we, there's, like, a booth, and the mirror... Like, the wall on the booth is, like, a mirror. And I looked at myself while I was sitting, and I was like... Holy fuck, I look like that? Because I'm like, I'm, you know, listen, I'm hot. I'm yeah, hot. and you're like voluptuous. Yeah, yeah. I got I got a big old dump truck. Yeah. Also, um, it's funny that, like, you brought this up when we were watching Trixie and Katya, that, like, I have body dysmorphia for you. Yeah. Like, I <laughs> underestimate how... Yes. Okay. I underestimate your size. Yeah, because we were... Whenever we, we go to shows, and I always buy a t-shirt when we go to concerts yeah, or shows or whatever. And Tim is for... always, like... And when he orders t-shirts for me or whatever, he always orders, like, a size that's too small for me. <laughs> and I'm like, Tim, like, I'm fat. <laughs> I don't... I really don't, like... To be clear, I That's don't not see... a negative... I, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'm not talking down to myself. I'm fat and I'm an hot. Like yeah. I don't. I don't think that I'm ugly or anything like that. Yeah. I actually think I'm like very hot. Exactly. <laughs> and you are. It's just that I always underestimate. Yeah, the Tim, size. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, I like a baggy shirt. As you can, I'm you wearing. Do love I'm a wearing shirt. a massive sweatshirt. Yeah. To this Whereas I always order a size too small so that I can crop it and show as much skin as possible. Yeah, that's um, that's where we differ. I'm a <laughs> I'm a like I want comfortable. To... I'm uncomfortable and that's where no, I'm comfortable. No, I'm I'm um the cozy. I'm yeah, I'm cozy and you're um, slutty. Uh, yeah, slutty. <laughs> big old whore. I am. My hole is literally But I, you know what? I think time. I think the most important thing that a man can be is slutty. That's true. Uh they have to wear suits. They have to wear those perfectly circular glasses. Oh, listen. Slut glasses. The, the hoochie daddy shorts. Um, I'm telling you, I see a man in those like wire, those round wire glasses. Like Harry Potter. And I'm like, no, it's like very specific. I okay. I'm no, sorry, I know. I know. I know you're gonna about. hate me for this because this is this is like a very terrible frame of reference. <laughs> but um, no. But this is this is what I'm talking about. Um. These are the the slutty little glasses that I'm talking about. <laughs> I see a man wearing. Okay, no, hold on. Let me find a. a okay, I see. A, okay, sorry. This is like the best one that I can. I see a man wearing those pairs of glasses. I'm like, you are a slut. Yeah, yeah. You are a big old slut, and I think you should have a little waist. Little, snatched. a little like Needs a snatched, snatched waist. Yeah, cinched. Yeah, you need to be cinched. I'm, and I don't mean little as in like physically little, but like it's it's got to be. There's got to be definition there. And there I think needs to be the be... upside down triangle yes. kind of shape too. Yes, yeah, and yeah. I and I think you should wear the glasses, and I think you should be slutty. Yeah. I think that men should wear a corset that 
<laughs> really cinches your waist and like, I'm telling you, yeah. I see I yeah, yeah. I see a man with a slutty little waist and I just go crazy. I agree. So uh we're we're talking body dysmorphia and mm-hmm. um so anonymous writes I'm pretty sure I have some symptoms of a type of body dysmorphia slash eating disorder. I'm not underweight by any means, but on photos I see a healthy muscular guy. I made the mistake of weighing myself today and all of a sudden I feel like I weigh fifty pounds and start obsessing about going uh, about getting the weight and muscle back i see uh everyone around me has mentioned it how they tell me compliments and my answer is always i can do better it has been there my whole life never truly feeling like you ever look good when you look in the mirror and everyone around me is questioning how is that possible so can i just say welcome to being a woman (laughs) um that's literally just being a woman yeah not and i think like if you feel that um it is controlling your life or that you don't you know these thoughts um make you do stuff that you don't want to do then like yeah go see someone but otherwise like i and i know that gay men have their own we have our own body images yeah but i i think like those feelings are so baseline for women um even now like i've listen i have been fat my entire life Mm -hmm. um and again i don't say i use fat as a objective descriptor i don't use it as a neutral adjective yeah Yeah. and i think it's a and i and i've reached a point in my life you are as fat as i am filipino yeah yeah it's like it's just an adjective to describe me um and like navigating the world as a fat girl is not fun at all and it took me many years to get to this point and i think like when you live in a marginalized body, loving yourself is the most radical thing you can do. Mm. And I think like, um, I know Lizzo, Lizzo has like a great quote where she was like, you know, being a fat black woman, I have to love myself. It's an act of survival to love myself. Oh, yeah. And I think like you have to look at it like that. I think if you're having feelings that are, that you, f- you can't feel like what reality is like, then yeah, you should definitely reach out to, mm-hmm. to someone who but deals with how, that. How would you like help this guy here who's saying that like, uh, he's that he's, he, sees he one understands thing. that he's yeah. not in. Okay. Yeah. Like, sorry, babe, I'm not qualified to do <laughs> like, you know what I mean? If you, if you have this disconnect or whatever, like that's bigger than just, that's but true. I will say that like, yeah, that's a lot of women feel that way. Yeah. I think that, like, when it comes to something as body dysmorphia, um, that's something that's so personal, mm-hmm, and there's yeah. no universal advice to help anyone through that. Also, we're, like, very clearly not professionals. No. In case... <laughs> On body it, dysmorphia, yeah. Yeah. Or uh, as this one TikTok himbo put it, body dystopia. <laughs> but that's what it feels like, man. No, but for real. I think, like... Yeah, if you if you are feeling that you cannot trust your own um, judgment about what you actually look yeah. like, and it's consuming you, it's like really kind of taking over your every waking moment. Mm-hmm. You should see someone. Yeah, and also like, um, it it may be hard to believe your friends, but they know you yeah. more than you would know yourself because yeah. you're. When you're judging yourself, you're coming from a place of bias. 
Whereas your friends can provide a also, little more objective. They see you all the time. They see you yeah. as you are. You only see yourself in, in the warped, mirror. Yeah. And and even that is warped. And I think like who I can't remember what who wrote this, but someone wrote that like humans were never meant to be able to see what we look like. Yeah. That in nature the only way that we could see ourselves is by looking in a in a body of water. water. And that um, the body of water would distort us regardless. You'd never be able to have a clear picture of yourself. Yeah. And I think like that's so true is that we were never meant, and we were never meant to see this many people that we see on social media, right? Like Ugh. we're exposed to so many people that we never would have seen before social media. Yeah. And it warps our sense of what is actually normal. Or what, you know what I mean? Regular like regular body is supposed to look like. Yeah, exactly. You know? If your feelings are, are so extreme, then yeah, definitely go. go. I, I like that my advice for everyone is go, go see a therapist. Because it's true. I'm not spot. We're, this episode is not sponsored by BetterHelp, which is a shitty company anyway. <laughs> Sorry, have you ever been sponsored by BetterHelp? No. Okay, no. BetterHelp is a really shitty company. I would never. Okay. Yeah. As, I was as, like, <laughs> am I about to blow up a sponsorship, sponsorship for you? No, no, no. As someone who has therapist friends who all agree that BetterHelp is shit, I don't think I would ever accept... Mm-hmm. A sponsorship from BetterHelp? Yeah, BetterHelp is... Okay, go see a real... Like, they're a real therapist, but they're treated yeah. very badly by BetterHelp. And, like, the whole platform is garbage. Yeah. So go see a re- real therapist. But also, like, yeah, believe yeah. people in your life who, yeah. because who see you. you personally hold me accountable for my own negative views. And, like, Tim, you're actually not this, 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 and that. Because... Like you, Tim, are so warped in your in your worldview that like you can't trust yourself. So then you're you're gonna be like, uh, you're actually this, this, and that. You're not this because I I create all of these situations in my head, such as body dysmorphia, such as I don't know some insecure thing, and like I love that how you hold me accountable all the time, and that's why you're so mean to me because it's tough love. Yeah, yeah. I, but I'm mean to you about you being mean to yourself. Okay, I that's am true. also mean to you, period. But I am mean to you about being mean to yourself. Yeah, that's tough love. Because I feel like, you know, in our relationship at least, yeah, you, you can't be objective about yourself. I can be objective about you. Because I, like, mm. know you and I see, I see what you do and how you are without your own negative self-narrative influencing it right i just see your actions and i see like who you are as a person i don't see that inner monologue that you have about how Mm -hmm. you're a bad person Mm -hmm. so what i see is objective facts about you right and so like believe (laughs) the people that that are in your life and who love you because even though they love you they're not being biased about it yeah Uh... they love you for a reason no one comes into your life loving you without even knowing you they yeah. know you, and because of that, they love you. And I think yeah. that's that's evidence. Yeah, that because they've seen the worst parts of you, and they still choose to be in your life. So yeah, that's why enemies to lovers is such a good. Trope. It's so hot. It's so hot. No, but also. But like... I will say, like, <laughs> but genuinely, like, I think people. It's really easy, and I do it all the time too. It's really easy to believe that you're a bad person or that you're ugly or that you're stupid or all of these negative things about yourself. It's easy to believe that. But you have to remember that 
you only see yourself in the way that you have uh, interpreted yourself, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That like you cannot be objective. You can't. It's just not possible. You live in your own head the entire time. Whereas think about how you feel about the people in your life. You know, mm -hmm. like, would you say those things to your best to your friend? Best friend, yeah. Would you say that to your mom? Would you say that to, you know, like people that you care about in your life? No. You would so never. Why would you, you say would never. it to yourself? Exactly. You no. Know? And, and it's also an act of kindness uh, when, exactly. when you do that to yourself. It and may I, not be nice. Yeah. But it's kind. Yeah. And also, I think like, I, I would hate as your best friend. I would hate to know that you are talking so badly about yourself. Yeah. Because that's your job. <laughs> that is my job. But I, I do it out of a place of love. And I think when you talk negatively about yourself, you do it out of a place of... Self-deprecation. And like a, a place of misunderstanding your own self. Mm -hmm. Right? Like yeah. it's And it's like a intentional misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. Because there are things that are factual about you right and you ignore that in order to be able to make this like really shitty self-narrative work <sighs> and yeah it, it is my job to be mean to you because <laughs> who else is going to do it better than you yeah that's true all right so thank you for writing that beautiful question about body dysmorphia like ooh, a gay with body image issues that's new uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Do we, do, but do we know? Do we know if, if this person is gay? Uh, I mean, they are anonymous, but I'm just going to assume that it's what a gay man. What if it's man. a straight woman? Oh, then what I'm if it's, sorry. What if it's... What, sorry. Let's, okay, no. Let's let's pick celebrities that we think are writing in. Okay, so for hmm. Piss Boy... Piss Baby. Uh, piss, for Piss Baby. Get it right, Tim, okay? Show some respect <laughs> for Piss Baby. For the gender-neutral Piss Baby. Yeah. Uh, so let's say Piss Baby... Who would have been in a puphood or has something against puphoods? Uh, who do we think? Oh, you know who's like a huge cat person? Taylor Swift. So that's Taylor Swift that Twi wrote in. Taylor Swift is uncomfortable with puphoods because she's a cat lady. Yeah. So Taylor Swift wrote in the first question. Love that. Um, <laughs> oh, and her... Her, her latest album was her, about that. Her her uh, her boyfriend is in the puphood. Yeah. Joe Alwyn, whatever his yeah. name is. Whatever Actually, is. no, that would make him... He's such a like blank slate. <laughs> did not mean did not mean to make that reference. Um, that him being into pop play would be actually incredible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I might I would have to stand to be honest. With we you. have to stand. <laughs> we have to stand this hypothetical um, this hypothetical world sure where, where taylor swift's boyfriend is in, is in a pop play. play i love it please uh, tree pain don't sue us don't sue us this Oopsies. is all this is all a joke this is all satire <laughs> uh who do you think wrote in for the body dysmorphia question let's say would it be bad if i said ariana grande <laughs> for the sake of this episode yes it's ariana grande that wrote i'm in that so question. sorry but seriously they're i hope she gets help genuinely yeah get help yeah, help Ari. You're welcome. All right. So this next written question uh, is about. Oh, it's actually a little weird. Um, I don't know how to like uh, categorize this, but I'm gonna read it out loud anyway, and then just let's see where we get through this. Uh, for context, I'm a cis white guy. Okay, so cis white guy. Name the first cis white guy who's problematic that comes at the top of your head. Uh, 
Oh, first cis white guy like, that's problematic? It, that comes off your head. Top of your head right now. Johnny Depp? Johnny Depp, okay. <laughs> Did you hear that Rihanna is going to have him walk in the... Um, in the Savage Fenty. Rihanna. I was like, mm, Rihanna. Rihanna, girl. Rihanna. You literally just came out with a song. Let's not, like... Mm. Um, what's going on? Anyway, so Johnny Depp wrote into the show, uh, For context, I'm a cis white guy who is physically attracted to most people who identify within the male or masculine spectrum, uh, i.e. mask, femme, non-binary, comfortable, having a penis, trans mask, etc. Whatever. I get cravings for stimulation from certain cultures at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! Oh my god, I'm sorry, the way he phrased that. Yep, let, let me Hold finish. on, hold on, hold on. Can you repeat that for me? He says, I get cravings for stimulation from certain cultures at a time. I hope that means bacterial. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no. Uh, he says, like, I want to fuck guys of that culture. Eat the food, listen to the music, go to family or friend parties, attend religious ceremonies, etc. It's like I get a crush on a culture and crave all the things... But not as an, I am one of you, in quotes, but more as a, I crave the types of interaction or energy that is unique to that culture. Just to clarify, I am not excluding experiences of cultures or guys that I am not crushing on at the time. I love everyone and very food motivated, lol. I can't decide if it is problematic, but I'd like to think it gives me an appreciation for more than just white, cis, midwestern life. Okay, hmm. I'm I'm going to Okay. This is something I've thought about a, a lot, but not Okay, hold on. Let me get into it. Yeah. So I think that there's like this complex that white people have. I am white. However, my parents are from Eastern Europe. Yeah. I am a second generation Canadian. I am very um I I speak the language that my parents speak. I was raised in the culture. I feel that I have a very strong identity to the Eastern European culture that my family comes from. I have gone back to the motherland many times and all of that. So I am white. However, I do consider myself to be part of this culture very, very closely. Mm-hmm. And even though I grew up in Canada, I was born in Canada. If someone asks me what I am, I'm going to say that I'm Eastern European. Mm-hmm. And I think that People who don't have that, who are third, fourth, fifth generation Canadian or American, who are just white and don't participate in the culture that their ancestors were a part of, have this complex where it's there's like an emptiness in their lives because uh-huh. they don't have this... I, this Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And... Because they have this emptiness in their lives because they don't have a real culture. Like, the joke is that white people don't have culture, but, like, (laughs) what about coleslaw or whatever? (laughs) Which, I'm sorry, coleslaw bangs. I love coleslaw. Um, Coleslaw rights. um, And coleslaw is an Eastern European, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. go to any Eastern European country and you're getting coleslaw at, like, fast food places and whatever. So, coleslaw hits. But I think, like, these people who don't have a close connection like people like me do they don't have this 
kind of culture that you can participate in and that makes you feel like you belong and that you have an identity. And so what happens is they pick and choose from different cultures, which is why you have these culture vultures, Mm. specifically who are appropriating like African-American culture. Right. Specifically, right? And I think that that is all a kind of um, side effect of white supremacy. We're getting academic. We're getting academic. Mm -hmm. And why I say that is that white supremacy relies on having, uh, expanding the definition of whiteness. Mm. So there was a time in America where Irish um, and Eastern Europeans and Italians were not considered white. Yeah, they right? were like the bottom of the totem pole. Yes. So, so like, I, and in no way am I comparing the discrimination that these people face to the discrimination and the absolute cultural Hor- genocide mm. that was happening to indigenous people and to um, people of African descent in, mm. in North America. Mm. Uh, it was 100% not the same thing. However, the fact was, was that white was Anglo-Saxon for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And then as... Uh, like after slavery ended in the United States and, uh, you know, black people were able to move more freely across the United States, they became these white people, these Anglo-Saxon white people were beginning to become outnumbered. Mm. And so in order to maintain power, they had to expand the definition of whiteness. And what whiteness does is it erases everything. You you're not Irish anymore. You're, you're not Italian. White. You're white, right? Yeah. And in order to, to you know, be part of this white identity, which white supremacy You needs, need to leave behind your Irish culture. Yes. And, your Italian and, then, culture, and, that's you, yeah. and that's how you become white, right? This is like not a fully formed thought. There are mm-hmm. people who are much more intelligent than me who mm-hmm. have expanded on this. This is not an, an original thought. Yeah. This, is, this is not an really, academic uh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this is just my, I think like I can, I'm coming from the perspective of like a white person yeah. first and foremost, but also someone who is very close with their culture. Yeah. And so I see that difference of like people who experience yeah. that and people who don't. Yeah. But you have like culture, uh, Whereas this person is from the Midwest. Yes. So. So I and I I believe that probably my children or my grandchildren um, would not would not have the same experience as me, and they would feel more white than they would feel mm-hmm. Eastern European. Right. So I think like this lack, this absence of something very specific and something connected to you that you feel through your family and through your ancestors that's lacking in these people who live as like white people, then you, you just kind of go fucking insane, man. Mm, Because it's kind of like this constant search of like, where do I belong? Where do I fit in? And, and you see the like community that That exists with people of color who have culture Mm. and you want to be a part of that. So it's, you almost, you're fetishizing. And I think what's happening here is you're not fetishizing the culture you're fetishizing the community that comes from it Mm. because you want to be a part of the community right right yeah yeah. because i mean like to to fetishize a culture that's like you know you're basically separating a whole um, i think the fact that it's multiple yeah that it's not just one 
it's it's the community that's appealing to yeah. this person. Yeah, right? this guy is searching for a place to belong because he's never found any sort of culture within the Midwest. And what is Midwestern culture anyway? Right? Yeah, I think I think like yes, is there a culture to to the Midwest? But it's never going to be as strong as it is with people yeah. like you know, like immigrant culture. Like yeah, Eastern we, European culture has its own thing. Filipino culture has its own yeah. thing. And then we all gather together because we all like come from the same kind of struggle or like we have so much in common from where we descended so we build on that whereas this guy it sounds like he's just never had that and when i imagine midwest i imagine farmland yeah so it's like you really don't have much community other than the small town that you're from yeah and i think like the the struggle strengthens the ties between us Mm -hmm. in our communities right Mm -hmm. like i think you know, um, <clears throat> this is like kind of weird, but when when elections happen, right, and mm. people talk about, oh, you have to secure the, uh, like states. the the Chinese vote. You need yeah. to secure the that these people are in community with each other, and that means that they kind of coalesce together mm-hmm. and they look out for each other in this way, and so they form like you know, kind of. Um, I keep saying the word community, but I think that's like what it is. Yeah. And I think like you're always going to feel connection with people who have the same culture as you. There's always going to be a level of understanding between you and someone from the same culture that you won't get with someone else. Mm -hmm. Like we come from, I think, different, but cultures that are very similar in a lot of ways too. From our struggle and from our... Yeah. And I think like... Immigration experiences. Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I will never understand you a hundred percent as a filipino mm. person because that's not my culture and you'll never mm. understand me 100 as, yeah. as an eastern european so i think like like i said there's something about the connection that seems to be appealing to this person mm-hmm. because it's not just he's not just oh it's sexual he wants to participate in religious, religious ceremonies yeah. yeah he wants to like consume the food of that culture i, I just do have a problem with what he says like i want to fuck guys of that culture listen to the music and it's like yeah i think that's you're you're confused and i think this is what it is the intimacy that comes with being with someone in a physical relationship you're using that as like a vehicle a a vehicle to be able to get into that that yeah that like wider connection so it's like uh if i have sex with this guy of this descent or something, maybe I can immerse myself into where. And it's from. also like you're, you're confusing intimacies, right? Mm, the intimacy yeah. that comes with, um, with sex and with community and with yeah, yeah, right. It it, it gets confusing, and so, and it's like yeah, you're you're combining yeah. them both. Right now, um, to address his question, is that problematic? Do you think it's problematic for a cis white Midwesterner? To immerse himself in a culture coming from a place that he doesn't have any. I'm gonna say it mm. again. Go to therapy. <laughs> like I think this is a this is a symptom of like a broader issue. That's I think true. you feel very disconnected from the people around yeah. you, and this is almost like a shortcut for you to get into to get that emotional connection that you so crave, right? Mm. And this is a shortcut for you to do that. And instead of building, I. Sw- the the words of the episode are intimacy and community <laughs> but 
gentle. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm sorry. I yeah. repeat myself, but no, that's fine. It's it's just a very interesting question because do I think it's problematic? I think yeah, I think it is problematic. Yeah, because he says he can't decide if it's problematic, but I'd like to think it gives me an appreciation for more than Midwestern life. Um, mm. You know, I think there's like. This requires I mean, nuance. Yeah. Well, okay. I'll say this. I I was with a guy who is Canadian. Does not have... Uh, the most um, important fact is that he was a Pisces. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it was, a, listen, a very dark time in my life. Um, anyway. Let's move on from there. But, but I can see that, like, there was always a disconnect between us because... Um, you had a cultural... I, I had a culture yeah. and he had... He None. didn't have that in his life. Yeah. And there was a lot of stuff that I did that he just could not understand. He just couldn't get it at all. Yeah. And I think that there's... Um, there is something to trying to build an understanding of someone when you come from that perspective of like, I don't necessarily have a culture, but my partner does. So it's kind of like... Am I part of this? Yeah, and like I want to, because I care about this person, I want to understand, I Mm. want to take part as, not as an individual, but as someone who is a partner to someone who is part of this. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So I think like there's something sweet about that, about wanting to to be a part of that Mm -hmm. in order to... um, like, have a better understanding of your partner. I think yeah. that's totally fine. But if you're doing this um, not out of a desire to be close with your partner or to develop yeah. a better understanding of your partner, you're doing it because there's something you're gaining from it. Um, yeah, maybe maybe get that let's checked out. Let's unpack that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's, let's unpack. Because that, that becomes self-serving. Rather, you don't, and yeah. it shows that you don't care about the people. Yeah. You care you about see, yourself more. You see the people as a means to an end for yourself, mm-hmm. for something that you desire, something yeah. you're lacking in your life. Yeah, exactly. Rather than like coming from a place of empathy or uh, a, a sincere understanding. There's there's a level of give and take <clears throat> in any t- anytime you're coming and taking part in something that you're not mm-hmm. normally a part of, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You have to give and you have to take. Yeah. And it seems like you're taking without giving. Yeah. So... Sorry, uh, Johnny Depp. That is verdict. Jo- Johnny, both the real Johnny Depp and this Johnny yeah. Depp. Please go to therapy. Go to therapy. Um, but also, like, I want to, I want to express some, um, like, sympathy and empathy for someone who I think is struggling with something that we have in our lives that yeah. a lot of people don't. Which <laughs> should we check our cultural privilege? No, I want to <laughs> say that like <clears throat> my life is better. Because I have this culture, yeah. Because I have because community. yes, yes. My my life is better for it. Yeah. It's hard sometimes, especially you know, being a child of immigrants. Yeah. Not not easy. Not a fun time. No. But I know that I'm a better person for it. Yeah, it gives you tough skin. Yeah. And clear skin. <laughs> oh, that's true. You're glowing. Always, all the time. But yeah, I I think like, would I want to be? culturalists no no what i what I, I like i very much i think it's and it's especially easy for um for white people who come from like 
a same situation. It's so easy for me to assimilate into Canadian culture. That's you true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's a privilege, 100%. That is mm-hmm. 100% of privilege. Um, but I think that I don't want to completely assimilate into Canadian culture. Mm-hmm. I want I want to have that connection. It's right, special right. to me. Mm, it's beautiful. Yeah. Why are we being so helpful towards these men? Like I said, I can't help it. <laughs> I'm a mommy. What We're can supposed I say? to be haters. But you know what? I think that was very helpful. I mean. And I hope this writer, you know, gets. Yeah. Like I said, Johnny Depp, get, yeah. get into therapy. Get help. Get help. <laughs> so um this last question is actually a voicemail uh so listeners if you're not aware i do have a voicemail service you can leave a very short question it's only like 90 seconds so make it quick make it brief i'm not here to listen to your life story you need to pay me for that <laughs> so that's why it's free yeah. uh so this one comes from twitter from at miami glenn and this is his question Hi, Tim. It's at Miami Glen. My question is, how do I experience a healthy sexuality when the person I'm in a relationship with is a sex and meth addict and I'm kind of shut off sexually? Hmm. Oh, my God. Okay. Miami Glen. Thank you for that. Yeah. You were very vulnerable by leaving a voicemail. Yeah. So we're not... We're not going to drag you. Yeah. We're not going to drag you. We love you. And um, I will say, I imagine you as Glenn from Walking Dead. Pre... Yeah. Disgustingly horrific death. (laughs) Shout out Glenn from Walking Dead. One of the best characters ever. Oh, my God. Never watched a single episode of The Walking Dead, but I do love... Yeah. Stephen Young, I love you. What can I say? He's a sweetie. He's so cute. Um... Wow, that's really, that's, that's tough. Yeah. That's really tough. Um, let me chime in by saying, um, well, first of all, you are very handsome. Um, (laughs) what a beautiful silver fox. Uh, so thanks Miami Glam for that beautiful, uh, message and the very handsome photo. Um, (laughs) it, addiction is very much a personal journey. There, it's their problem to deal with, not yours. It's very much like uh, they need their addiction or their struggle will always be, or, or will always outweigh whatever it is that you're feeling towards them because it's so strong and so intimately connected to them. As someone who has struggled with substance abuse in the past and it has destroyed relationships. I was unable to create intimacy and sustain intimacy because of my substance use. And that needed to be fixed before I could genuinely connect with other people. So, you know, like, just because you're an addict doesn't mean that you don't deserve love. You know, like, the problem is that the substance use or the desire to to keep using any of those substances and abusing those substances will always be a lot stronger than someone's love for you and it's like uh, it, it it needs to there there needs to be a handle on it before any sort of uh genuine connection can can come up come come from it so i don't know anna how do you think I experienced sexual trauma when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And 
I found that because of that, I was incredibly closed off, both emotionally and like sexually. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, you know, when you're with someone who is experiencing um, addiction, and it seems like he mentioned also like a, a sexual component to the addiction. BT and- dubs, sex addiction is not a real thing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I, I think maybe what it is is that there's not an acknowledgement of your own boundaries in the relationship is mm. kind of what I'm interpreting this as. I do agree that sex addiction is not. I think we come from two different perspectives but, as to why it's not real. But, but like we come to the same verdict. That yeah, it's we not do a real come thing. to the same conclusion. I think, you know, um, when you have a, you know, when you're experiencing sexual trauma, it can be incredibly isolating and it's jarring yeah and it's it's very difficult to kind of navigate relationships when you're experiencing that and you want to come to a place and i think um you know there are people who who don't experience sexual attraction which is completely valid um but for most people having a you know a healthy relationship with sex and their own sexuality is is a really important component of their life and it takes a really long time to unpack any kind of trauma that you may have experienced around that. Especially since it's like very almost shameful to, mm. to say that. And I think that like, you know, that's hard. This is tough. But it's it really is tough because addiction is so um, intimately it's so intimate. It's personal. Yeah, intimate for as sure. in, Intimate, not in the interpersonal sense, but intimate as in uh, it's so deeply connected to yourself. Yeah. You know? But at the same time, I think it it paints every relationship that you have. Yeah. Right? And um, I think sometimes also there's this idea that when someone's going through something, you have to like almost suspend your boundaries in order to be there for them. Mm-hmm. And I think that that doesn't end up being very helpful. Like they always say, you can't <laughs> you can't help anyone if you're in a state of crisis. Actually, I don't know if anyone says that. I think No, it's <laughs> true though. What, what my I it's think kind the, of like... the metaphor is you can't like fill someone's glass if your no. glass is empty, but the but metaphor think... <laughs> is the airplane thing. Put your mask on. Oh yeah, before... okay, yes, that's the metaphor. <laughs> and I and I think that if you are experiencing um, a lot of turmoil yourself, you can't be a supportive partner to this person. And I think sometimes it's fair to say, I can't help you. You know, we're both drowning. Yeah. One of us has to get, you know, yeah. one of us has to be able to like get the strength to be able to swim, yeah. right? Because this person has a relationship with their addiction. And, and prioritize that relationship before uh, the relationship with absolutely, Miami Glenn. Absolutely. You know? And I think like, you know, you can't, I don't think you can actually develop a, re- a healthy relationship with your sexuality um, and, and sexuality in the sense of like your desires and mm. all of that. And intimacy. I, yeah. yeah. And, and your desire for intimacy. I don't think you can do that when you're in this place of like, this person is struggling so much mm-hmm. and you're experiencing, yeah. yeah, you're experiencing that with them. You don't have the space to be able to heal yourself mm-hmm. and you can't have a, 
a like healthy uh, outlook on this if you're still in the midst of this trauma and this crisis that you're having. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying in any way that people who are addicts shouldn't experience relationships and shouldn't experience love, but you also shouldn't put yourself in a traumatic situation because you think that you can't leave this person, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that like, it's really complicated. And I think that, you know, we can't give an answer. We can't tell you what to do. Yeah. We're not therapists. Yeah. It's just, we're it's, unhinged. Is yeah. What we are. <laughs> it's so, it's so complicated, but like, I totally, man, my heart goes out to you. I am Glenn. I know, I know, I know when you're like dealing with stuff and it's so, it's so hard and it's so hard to talk about. And like, yeah you know and there's an aspect of like you feel kind of broken or messed up or whatever because you're you feel like this thing that's so that should be so natural to you is so complicated and and you feel gross and like all of this stuff is going on right so like i said miami glenn wish you the best yeah just know that you're not alone in feeling in feeling those things and um Go, go to therapy. <laughs> or maybe find someone who isn't an addict. No, I'm kidding. I'm um, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I, I think, like I yeah. said, it, you can only be a supportive person to someone in crisis if you are not yeah. in crisis yourself yeah. and the other person is open. Yeah. If the other person is not interested in uh, reaching receiving like a support. point. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. Receiving support or reaching a point where they can be a healthy presence in everyone's lives. By the way, harm reduction 100%. I yes. don't believe... That abstinence is the only way that nope. addicts can... Harm reduction is the way to go. Yeah, yeah. so if, if this is a person who is not willing to, uh, you know, work on whatever is going on, and this is causing you immense pain, you have... Every right to yeah. take yourself away from yeah, that. Yeah, you have every right to distance yourself and, you know, um, like I said, don't... Yeah. Find don't, what serves you. Yeah. Yeah, if this person's addiction is... Uh, getting in the way of who you are, then let that person work that out and you can focus on yourself. And uh, Yeah, because ultimately know. it seems like there are two people who are struggling very, very hard in mm. this relationship. And you can't, neither one of you can be a good partner to the other if you're both in the midst of some really deep, dark shit. Yeah. Aww. Well, Glenn... Yeah, we I wish you, you the best. Wish you the best. We love you so much. Wow, I think we've helped a lot of people today. Yeah, I ended up <laughs> taking this like very seriously. <laughs> you did. And you know what? For a couple queers who have nothing but absolute hatred and just pure rage towards men, mm-hmm. I think we've helped a lot of men today during Men's Health Month. Yeah. So um, that's great. <laughs> don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> We need to destroy more men. Yeah. We did the exact opposite. Like I said, if you want to have a really fucked up summer, hit me up. <laughs> um, yeah, and also if you want me to fuck up your summer, you know my handles. Yeah, if you want to have like irreparable trauma. <laughs> I'm trying to get a date, Anna. Oh no, I want I want to ruin a man's That's life. true. And I feel like me. I already I've I feel like I have one down. So I have many more to go. <laughs>
Oh my god. Well, do you have any final words, by the way, Anna? Uh, my final words are um, please forward any complaints you have about my taste in <laughs> them. Feel free to rip me a new one um, in his Twitter replies. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah. At Saxon with Tim on Twitter and Instagram. Okay, everybody. If you liked this episode and you enjoyed the chaotic conversation that Anna and I just had, you know where to hit that like button, that five-star review. Because if you don't, you're being a homophobe. Sorry, I don't make the rules. It's the only way you're supporting queer content. Um, uh, but remember, uh, you know, subscribe like whatever you want to support the show and yeah thank you so much for listening to another episode of the sex of the tim podcast i will see you all at the next one take care bye Thanks for listening to the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. Sex Ed with Tim is created and produced by me, Tim Lagman. Music is Aces High by Kevin McLeod. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at GaySlutClown and at Sex Ed with Tim. You can also like and follow me on the Sex Ed with Tim Facebook page. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Even better, you can also support the show on Patreon, where you can get early access to ad-free episodes and more. Thanks for all your support, you dirty little slut. Mwah!